Hello and welcome to the Position 6 podcast. My name is Dan Offen, aka Mr Big Jams. In this show, I'll be getting to know professional players and other people involved in the Dota 2 scene, helping to tell the stories behind the games and learning a little bit about what's involved in being one of the best players in the world. To give a bit of an intro on me, I'm a podcaster and comedian who's played professional comedy clubs up and down the United Kingdom and appeared on BBC Radio. I've played Dota a long time, though I'm not particularly good at it, and I've quit and come back more times than RTZ has to EG. Throughout all that time, though, I've always loved and made time to watch professional Dota, though I've often struggled to understand and know the personalities involved as people, so I hope this podcast will help shine a light on them. In this first episode, I talked to PPD on Thursday the 27th of September. For those of you who don't know him somehow, PPD is the captain of Ninjas and Pajamas and is one of the most successful Dota 2 players in history. He made his name leading EG to winning the International 2015, though later stopped playing for EG to become CEO of the organisation. He returned last year to start a team for Optic, achieving a top 8 finish at the International this year. The interview will start after this stupid jingle that I made. Taste my blade! How's the start of the season been going for you? It's going really well. I think we've exceeded expectations. What were your expectations? Uh, I don't think we had too many, but I think that when we went to Europe, we were expecting to at least qualify to the major or the minor. And you've qualified for the major, which is pretty uh, the first time of asking as well, which is pretty impressive. Exactly. We got to we got to go home a couple of days early. Got to call the boot camp short. Where where are you actually based at the moment? I'm in Dallas, Texas, currently. All right. Okay. Is the whole team moved to uh, North America, or is it? No, no, no. So we're we're all over EU mostly. Uh, we got guys from like Macedonia, Israel, Germany, and Denmark. Um, but we're with we joined. NIP ninjas in pajamas so we they have their like facilities and offices and stuff in Sweden like Malmo and then Stockholm so we uh we're planning to split a lot of time between those two this year um so you're going to be boot camping in Sweden I imagine yeah for now that's the plan we're doing that for the Malaysia major and then ESL Hamburg as well which are both happening next month does that feel like a big move it is a big move I've always been a very mobile person um, but I've always stayed within the United States, so this is a little bit different for me, but not that not that foreign, I guess you could say. I mean, most of your teams, I suppose, have been described as North American sure. teams. Dota is such a it's a truly an international game, and you have some teams and players that gravitate to certain regions. You know, they become friends with a certain group, and then all of a sudden, you're part of that kind of clique. And Nowadays, like everybody, like you know, all like all the top teams and top players, they pretty much know each other. So when it comes to roster shuffle time, it's just uh, a matter of putting all the pieces together and giving yourselves the best opportunity to win. So I've been fortunate enough to like have a strong team most of the years and be able to like stay in North America. Yeah. Um, but it just made a lot more sense for everybody that's on my team now for us to kind of try and keep things locally there in Europe at first. Yeah, that makes sense. Was it a more conscious decision to start an EU roster this time rather than a North American one, or was that just how it happened? It's just the players, right? Like, I, I just want to put together the best team possible. I don't really look at countries or anything like that as limitations. Uh, sure, it's a lot more easier logistically, right? A little bit less of a headache to play with everybody that's, like, in the United States, but then it's also, like, you know, you don't want to play with anybody who's under 18. You know, there's, like, all sorts of issues and things that make players more or less attractive. and. Um, it's just, yeah. it just kind of works out. So there's a couple of interesting things there. Firstly, I've um, been researching your new team quite a lot over the past couple of days, uh, and they're all very experienced players. So, so there's everyone's been to at least one international, which is 
So you've built a team kind of full of experience. Were you never tempted to go for kind of a new and up-and-coming talent or did you want that experience, that kind of maturity? Well, I don't think I had like, I had like a pretty high stock, um, this kind of shuffle, but not, I don't think it was like the highest stock, right? For example, I think like the Team Secret, I think like they had really high stock with Puppy and like Zai being kind of like mid one and Yapsor being kind of committed to that roster. So I think that like they went after like Nisha, who's kind of like this new talent, but Nisha has been playing for over five years and he was, he was all part of Kingwin for the longest time. There's like Bryle, who's actually attending the major with the uh, kind of that other like that third North American slot. There's a couple of young talents, but it's uh it's it's pretty slim pickings when it comes to like new talents, and you really do want people that have a lot of experience. Yeah, it's it difficult to because I I don't understand how this whole kind of works. Is it difficult to kind of start that scouting process for new people? Because you run the North American League. I don't am. You? <laughs> I, I don't. I run a North American League, and it officially starts tomorrow. So are you you're just starting yeah, just up. starting up, but it is actually it is pretty easy to kind of scout talent for the most part, um, just because like we have this really, really like convenient ranked matchmaking kind of setup that Valve provides us. So uh, generally you see like the best players gravitating towards the top of the ladder and they gain recognition through that. Do you think that that MMR kind of translates naturally to being a successful player in a team or is it? more kind of about ethereal factors kind of behind the player that matter uh it's a definitely a, a balance between the both of course but most of the top players are very very high ranked matchmaking players there's a couple of exceptions of players that haven't really like put all of their effort into playing public matches and that doesn't mean that they're less of a player than other people it's just some people find them some people find them useful to practice other people don't need them why did you decide to step away from the team with optic um was it, was it a hard decision or just what was natural it wasn't like stepping away you know we we were losing zai and the roster shuffle and then other people were also just reevaluating their options so um when everybody else has to evaluate their options i guess that means i have to as well so this is what um came out of all of our all of my discussions with teams and players and pretty happy with the result it's, it's a strong team definitely do you, do you think of it as your team because you're the captain do you think of it as a ppd team or do you think of it as a collaboration uh it's a um that's a funny question i'm the kind of player that like creates a team and like puts a team together and like does things that's i actually kind of take like a decent amount of pride in being a person that does that so i guess you could say maybe it is my team but it's i mean it's, it's very much everybody's team but but you're kind of you're, you're yeah, the captain but to me i'm the captain until i'm not it like it doesn't really there's no ownership on a team most decisions are made you know three out of two majority so fair enough when you're putting together a team what what do you think makes so you take a pride you take you said you take pride in the way that you put together teams the way you built in what do you think makes a ppd team a ppd team it's having i think it's having me as a leader i think that's <laughs> aside from that so what sort of players aside from experience are you kind of looking for I don't know. I just need like hardworking. I mean, obviously, obviously talented, but I just need like hardworking players that can think bigger than the match that they're playing today, right? Think about you know actually progressing and getting better as a as a team because there's you know thousands of talented Dota players that have all kinds of potential. It's just actually just like keeping your head in the right space and like having direction and focus. So uh, we didn't make, we only made one roster change last year when I was with Optic and that was Misery leaving the team. Yeah. Um, that was totally his decision. Nobody even like 
that wasn't even a, a mention of ours before he had, had committed to leaving. So um, mm-hmm. I don't really see myself replacing any players this year as well. So I, I genuinely just like believe in my teammates and hopefully they believe in the team as well. That's a strong position to be in, I think. Because what, what I've always thought as a long-term fan of Dota is the teams that do the best often, although I suppose the international this year was an exception. There's always some teams that form last minute that do really well at TI. It's like yeah, when you make a new team, it's it's a gamble, right? You either can crush it or fall flat on your face. But generally, new teams are the most motivated because they have something to prove. Do you think, does that in many ways trump that experience of playing together for a it year, can. two It's years? hard to say. It's, it's a gamble. Like, like I said, it's, you know, OG is a great example of that. They, you know, they were honeymooning at TI, which maybe, maybe that is what you want to do. Maybe that is the best way to be the most competitive at TI is to make it, make a roster change at the very end. Right. It's quite difficult to plan for that though, isn't it? You'd have to kick someone, yeah. choose someone to kick and then plan that kick yeah. right before TI. Maybe you just need to demote him to coach and tell him he's still going to get paid. But it's, you know, fair, fair enough. On coaches, um, you, you don't have a coach for... No, no coach yet. And you didn't have one for Optic either, am I that right? That is correct. We had, did not have a coach throughout the year. Is that is there a reason you've chosen not to go over coach? Uh, I just haven't really found the right person, I guess you could say. Um, it's just, I don't really mm-hmm. know who... Not, really, not very many people have experience doing it. And it's kind of hard yeah. to... It's kind of hard for, I guess, me and my teammates to trust somebody with such an important job when we don't feel like it's... We don't yeah. feel like it's a hundred percent necessary. It's quite a new position, I think. It's it's tough because generally the best Dota players are the ones in game clicking the buttons because they're everybody is like yeah. There's some players that you know are better than others, like mechanically wise or like mechanically skilled for sure. But for the most part, the Dota players that are the highest rank are just like they're just the smartest Dota players. Yeah, definitely, and I think. I, I think even players like so uh, Seb was a coach, of course, for OG, and then stepped into a player role. They kind of always feel like they're just yeah, taking a break that, rather that, than maybe being a coach. maybe that that brings up a lot of different problems, in my opinion, uh, for sure. Like a lot of times, coaches end up being kind of the dropouts of the qualifiers of the tournaments, and they're like, "Oh, I guess I can't play. I guess I'll just go coach now." Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, they're on this team as this coach for six months, and they start thinking, "Hey, I really want to play." and then it's like, you know, well, where, where, but where am I going to play? And, you know, you look at the team that you're on, and you're thinking, oh, like, maybe I should replace that guy. And we saw that. That's what happened with uh, Pain Gaming this year. Duster gets kicked from the team, and Misery, who was the coach, yeah. is now the player. So it's like, was Duster, you know, signing his own death warrant when he brought on Misery as a coach? And where does that trust and because like it's not like traditional sports where the coach <laughs> is this 50 year old guy who you know can't compete physically anymore these are hungry self-interested yeah. dota players who you know you have to look out for number one that's just how that's how our game works that's how our game works they want to be playing yeah uh, i'd say that what i found quite interesting about this international was watching uh, lgd psg who had i mean he's a former player their coach but he felt like someone had stepped away from the game almost and was drafting for them and was doing a lot of what felt like the grunt work of the team. And I kind of wonder if that's people yeah. like that who are able to step away from wanting to be a player are almost the future. of Because you have to look at the way that esports is quite a young medium, I think, and I think it's going to change quite a lot. Their coach's name is like 70... No, it's like, I forget what his name is, but some numbers, right? And mm-hmm. uh, he's been coaching for a long time, actually. So I feel like he's... Some one of those guys who was just like very committed to like stepping away from it 
And I guess what mm. I what I'm saying is that I haven't really found somebody who a wants to do that or b I feel like is qualified to even begin. Yeah, I think the EU scene and the NA scene are both too young for those kind of players to exist. Where China's well, obviously the games existed internationally for the same amount of time. We have some teams that have found coaches, and we have like Loda now coaching for Alliance. I think is a, yes, is a pretty similar example to those like China examples you were using. Yes, that's true. We, you, um, you obviously played Alliance in their qualifiers, and they because I I've been uh, a bit of a background of me. I've always kind of been an Alliance fan, but I've always been a fan of a lot of different teams. They've had a lot of fans um, but Alli- since 2013. Yeah, and it's been a difficult era to be an Alliance fan, but it feels like there's a little bit of a resurgence. Do you think that's true when you were playing them, or do you think it's definitely? Do you think that? I mean, they have a they, they've got a full new roster of young guys who are hungry to compete. They work really hard, and yeah. it shows. That's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Dota fan, kind of the beginning of the whole season. We've got all new teams have had the roster shuffle. Do you think, aside from your team, obviously, do you think there's anyone who you'd say has won the roster shuffle who looks really strong coming into this new season, or is it too early to tell? It's too early to tell. Uh, I think, I don't know, I think EG is like riding a lot of momentum out of TI with like with the same ro- roster. I know like they were probably a little disappointed of not placed further because they were really, really good at TI, but... So to keep your same roster going into next season, I think that that is going to do a lot for them. Yeah. Um, in terms of winners across the board, it's I think it's too early to tell a secret. I don't know. Like Liquid struggling, but they they made it to the minor. They'll probably qualify through there. I think mm-hmm. the I think the South American like the pain gaming thing with the Duster replacing Misery. I think that that was a really big win for them. I feel like the South America having two spots. Um, that team is just going to ride that yeah. to like a free TI invite. They're just going to qualify to every major, and as long as they don't get last place, they're going to get some points. Which is exciting. But do you think that's going to help them as a team? Mm, I mean, they'll get to attend all the big events, so it's going to help somewhat. It's a little bit tough being in South America because you have nobody to practice against. But at least you get to go to all, all the major events. And as a result of going to all the major events, as long as they don't get last at every single one, they'll most likely be in the top 12 for points. <laughs> so nice. they'll just get a free TI invite on top of it, which is pretty much what everybody is trying to do throughout the year. It's just like you have your top, top teams like VP last year and Liquid and those guys and Secret, like who knew they were going to TI. Yeah. Like they knew they were getting invited because they had done well at the beginning of the year. Um, unless you're one of those guys, which like there's not really many of those right now. Like yeah. all anybody wants to do is just qualify to TI. And like qualifying to the majors and doing all that, like qualifying to the minors, like, yeah, sure, it's great. And you feel, you feel good in the moment. But like at the end of the day, like your year is judged by did you go to TI or did you not go to TI? So right at the beginning, when you're planning this team, it's all forwards to TI. There's no kind of feeling every single major feels like a step, or are they important in themselves? Well, it's, these majors and minors, they're more so just, I feel like they're just more so a part of the process of going to TI. Like you have to put in the work to get to TI. That's like the ultimate goal. And attending majors and minors is just a prerequisite to... The easiest trip to TI. So fair enough. Do you like the new system? How they built it? I think it's nice to have a little bit more of these breaks, which is cool. There's like some time off and stuff. There's like a lot of third party events popping up, or at least at the beginning of the season. That's that's kind of how it's always been. Everybody gets really excited for Dota after TI. Everybody wants to run these events. <laughs> You've got one this weekend, don't you? Yeah, we're playing in some 50k online cup. Uh, starting yeah later this week and then we're playing in another 50k online cup immediately following that i think and then we're do you view those as warm-up or are they important events themselves they're just totally practice there's uh, absolutely yeah. like we don't i don't think that anybody in our team like cares about our result in them we just decided that they would probably most likely be better practice than scrimming 
so we're just doing it. All the teams that we would want to scrim are going to be playing in it anyways, so we'll get, you know, there's no better practice than matches, so we'll just get some uh, super serious yeah. games that we can try out some new things in, and maybe we'll place well and get some, you know, get some, some extra cash, and you know, maybe nice. we'll bomb out and just have to scrim the rest of the time. But we're not going to be, like, we're not going to be on boot camp. We're not going to be, we're not going to be doing any of these, like, drafting practices or anything like that. It's just going to be like, hey, show up for your match, play your match, see you tomorrow. Fair enough. I think what's also quite interesting about this period is there's obviously new teams and there's kind of that excitement, but also there's a, been quite a stable meta, Dota-wise, for about six months, and there's not been these big patches, and I suppose there's one probably coming at some point. But is that that excitement of change kind of metered by the lack of big change in the actual game? Do you kind of feel that you know where everyone is because the game hasn't changed so much? Um... No, because I mean the game is always changing, regardless of whether or not there's a big balance patch. It's like a, it's a flow of ideas. That's kind of what the meta is. So teams, teams and players will continue to adapt to the meta that's in front of them. So the, and like basically what I'm saying is the meta is always changing, just maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit slower than it has throughout okay. the last, um, like the last five months, I guess you could say. Um, and, and for me, it's not really that important. I like Dota is kind of like my job, and I try to treat it like that. So, like, I play games and I look to understand the meta as best I can. But I'm not like I'm not one of those guys out there like begging for the next big balance patch so I could so yeah. I can you know learn all these new heroes and item builds. And I mean, yeah, it's fun and it, and it's an exciting time. But I don't know, it's just more work, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Do you kind of view yourself? Because when I was doing quite a lot of the background reading about you, what people say is that you are a very good captain, you're a very good drafter, and there's kind of less mention of you, I think, as a player than a lot of other players, kind of in your position with the amount that you've won and the amount that you've done with Indutter. Do you kind of think, do you agree with that as an assessment of you, that you're obviously you're a great player, but as well, on top of that, you're more of a great captain, more of a great drafter than you are as a great individual player? Do you think that's a fair <laughs> assessment of you? It's fine. I mean, people are going to say whatever they want to say, I guess. And I mean, there's no, like, I'm obviously not as mechanically skilled as somebody like Sumail, but I have also been playing professional video games for like six years. So I'm obviously not bad. It's not like I'm like incredibly low ranked on matchmaking or anything like that. <laughs> no, of course. What's difficult about watching Dota as a fan is that it's sometimes difficult to get a sense of a player from watching them move around in a game. Well, you have absolutely no idea who is who is good and who is not because it, it's Dota is so much about how do you operate as a teammate, how do you operate as a team, and you can never really like you have all these players who like you know it's like Pycat for example last year it's like Pycat was on a slew of teams for the last like three or four years with like no really like you know constant stable success and then you know I play with him and you know we get it together and he has a is a really good year. Yeah, he's. I mean, I've always, I've always really liked Pycat, and it was really exciting to see him get that stability with Optic. Yeah, but um, well, what, does that, like what that. does that mean? Does that mean he's not a good player? Does that mean he's not a good teammate? Does that mean, I mean, Pycat's a way more skilled Dota player than I am, right? Mechanically skilled. But if you're like, what is, uh, what is being good at the game mechanically really get you? It's like, uh, it's just all about winning tournaments. So, I guess maybe I have like a little bit less mechanical skill than some people but i think that my like leadership skills my organizational skills my my communication skills i think that those definitely carry me and my team through uh, a lot of games 
Yeah. And is that is that a pride? Do you take a pride in that kind of your ability to draft in your organization, your team? Is that are you proud to be that type of player? Not really. I mean, I I, I know that I can always do a better job. You know, I feel like I'm a piece of shit for being lazy, <laughs> just like everybody <laughs> else. Right? Could accuse you of that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I can understand it. Um, that, that makes sense. Were you pleased with what happened in the international? Was it a disappointment or was it an exciting, good tournament for you? It was great. It was great. I think that. If you were to ask me where we would have ended up before we went to the tournament, I would have said I would have been really, really happy with getting top eight. We had a real shot of getting top six against VP, and we almost beat them. And that would have been icing on the cake for a job well done, I think, for our team at that tournament. So throughout our season, towards the end of our season, we went to the China Super Major and placed top six there. And that was kind of like yeah. we did second at ESL Birmingham and then top six at the super major which was like the highlight of our season we took like three weeks off after that and we came back to ti qualifiers for north america and we just were not the same team i really so that small break just completely yeah, changed like i mean we just took, we just dynamics. took too much time off and didn't practice enough in between well it's, you just it was almost like and there was you know there's a patch and there's you know all the stuff going on and it's just you come back to like mm -hmm. a brand new team trying to understand the meta it's, it's difficult you almost get no holiday uh, yeah, it's a pr it's a pretty brutal um, schedule for the guys that are going to all the events. So hopefully this year there's a little bit more time off and people get to go out and do things. I know that we're I mean we had the option to like play in these online cups and we we said yes. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, if it, if it, if yeah if, if it's during the winter and uh, there's an opportunity for me to go snowboarding, you know maybe I don't play in these tournaments. Fair enough. Is that what is that the main thing you're doing in your spare time at the moment? Not snowboarding, moment. not at the moment. Yeah, I would love to. I mean, I lived in Denver last year, so I went, you know, more than half a dozen times. Um, but I would like to go, yeah, at least on like two to three, like you know, nice trips. Any good snowboarding in Sweden, or is it just ice? I think I would just go to France. I think. Uh, fair enough. No, I went to France recently. It was lovely, so I'd recommend that. Yeah, they they got good mountains and snowboarding there. I imagine. Do you think there's a huge amount of pressure placed on players? Is it a difficult to deal with the personal stress or do people cope with it? Is it depend on the player? Definitely depends on the player in person. Different people can handle different amounts of stress. And being on a Dota team is definitely pretty stressful, I would say, uh, mostly because of people's expectations of themselves. People that play Dota have, I think, very high confidence. And or at least at like the professional level, I think everybody's just very, very confident in like their skills, right? To the point where like some of the you know some people like have a hard time believing they're wrong. Well, I suppose if they're playing in pubs the whole time, they're just a big fish in a small pond on pubs. And then to go into a team where everyone's amazing, it must be quite difficult to balance that. There's just a certain level of arrogance that you have to have to like actually push yourself from a good Dota player to a great Dota player. Like you have to just like genuinely believe that you're better than everybody else. Yeah, and then you have to like, when you get into a team of five, you have to like manage all five of those egos to like be on the same page. Mm -hmm. So it can be, it can be a little tricky. You know, interpersonal communication is a huge part of what we do. You got to get along with everybody, and everybody's got to agree on what's happening to the, you know, for the most part. Because if you were to compare, so I, as well as being a Dota fan, I'm a fan of traditional sports, football, soccer, as you'd know it. Um, in that, pe people are much, much more removed. So players are much more removed from the decisions about who they get to play with and kind of the interpersonal drama of running a team because there's coaches and there's kind of a bigger organization. Do you think that the fact that you can feel kind of personally let down and betrayed by other players within the game or within the decisions, do you think that makes it harder to be a Dota player or is that kind of personal touch? Do you think it's nicer? 
I think it's really, really tough. I think it's I think it's one of the hardest things is just because like once you once that like that trust is broken or once you feel like this other guy just like lets you down more often than he should, then it's just you just can't come back from it. It's just way too difficult to ever kind of have like you know it's like the you know you should do like a bat like I guess we'll do a football or soccer reference or whatever whatever we're gonna call it and it's like the guy who passes the ball to the guy who scores right yeah maybe next time he doesn't pass the ball because you know he knows that other guy's gonna blow it yeah that makes sense it's it's a difficult and i i was reading on on my way home today i was reading the statement that you made when Aoi left uh eg uh all those years ago and i thought that was a really interesting and well written and well balanced statement but it kind of raised quite a lot of points i suppose about how kind of difficult it can be if you're having to play and also kind of deal with people who aren't necessarily the right person at that time it must be such a struggle whereas a footballer would never have to deal with any of that yeah it's it's very very different i'm 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 a bit envious of it because i think that you have a lot of like really good dota players and teams and then you have to like you put these people like you know some people even live in like team houses where they like their roommates with their with their teammates and it's like at some point like you just you just get sick of people Right? Yeah. Like you can't help it. We spend so much time on the road, right, out of our comfort zones, and then we're just surrounded by our teammates everywhere we go. It can uh, it can be a bit taxing. So the the separation is really nice, and people have been moving towards that for sure. It's like um, team houses are becoming less and less of a thing, and it's more so like the the teams will provide like apartments or you know some opportunities for people to do things on their own. Do you think, because the other thing I was reading in that statement um, was about Arteezy and about how you've always liked, at that point, you loved being in teams because he added that kind of levity and that sense of jokiness to a team. Do you still think that's important? Yeah, I think having somebody that's like very charismatic and people like to be around is a really, really nice thing to have on a team. Who's that person in NIP? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know the guys that well. We just kind of started and maybe we don't, maybe we might not even have that person. Fair right? enough. It's uh, it's it's a unique thing. You can make someone learn it. Send them on a comedy course. I'll get through it. Um, yeah, I don't think people would be about that. <laughs> so at the international, I think the way that it comes across when you're watching it on streams is that it's while it's a massive event and a massive and also it's a big social event, um, and that you're seeing people you've not seen for a little while, and there's kind of a collection of friends. And would I be right in thinking of that, or is it there's a bunch of new faces and there's kind of this isolation as well? It's a celebration of Dota, so it's it's very much about people coming together and experiencing it together. A little bit less for the players and stuff because it's very much just like another tournament. Mm-hmm. Is it, does um, it feel just like another tournament? Or is there a sense that this is the international? This is what I've been working towards. Is there a specific pressure that only comes with the international? I think a lot of players will tell you different answers for something like that. For me, it's kind of just another tournament. There's a lot more on the line, and you can feel the gravity of it a bit. Mm-hmm. Do you think that affects your play at all when you, when there's that degree of pressure? Uh, I think so, for sure. Like Dota is very much like I was talking about it, like arrogance and being confident. Like that's a huge part of Dota. And when you feel shook, you're obviously less confident. Commentators and casters are always talking about the crowd, and they're always talking about how it must feel to play in front of a crowd. Does it feel anything to play in front of a crowd, or do you just completely ignore it when you're in a game? You definitely ignore it when you're in a game. I mean, you can hear like the chants and the shouts and things like that, and those are fun, and they can be sometimes distracting. And matches on big stages like that, they definitely genuinely just like feel a little bit different than 
like smaller games, online cups and stuff. So it's it's a bit you know once you get used to that, then it's a lot better. When I was watching a lot of interviews at the international, there were a lot of people talking about the new generation of players coming through and how they're all scary good and how the older players, the people that I used to idolize like Burning and Loader and all those people, they can't necessarily keep up anymore. Or maybe they've just got too old oh. or quality's got a lot higher. Do you think that's sure. true or do you think people are just getting a little bit older? I think people are probably just getting a little lazier, I would think. I don't really think there's an age thing around there. And I think that as long as you create time and work hard, I think that as long as, like, I mean, maybe if you weren't as talented, but like you're talking about really talented players. I think you just get distracted with other things and that, that slows down your, your drive and your ability to play the game. So there's a, you wouldn't say there are kind of a, there's a new generation of crazy good players? There are. There are for sure. But like these guys are just more into it than other uh, people. Fair enough. Right? Like when, once you get older, you start developing all these other interests and uh, distractions, right? Yeah. So when you're in that like, that like, you know, that like 14 to 20 age when all you think about is your favorite video game that's like that's for like you got to keep up with those guys which is tough uh, you kind of i mean obviously you've started a new team that's exciting and doing very well but is there a point now you're thinking not towards retirement but thinking towards the slowing down at all mm, i don't think i think that i'm probably at least playing for two more years so maybe more who knows it really just depends on where's dota, where dota is at and where i'm at and if i'm happy doing what i'm doing and that's way too hard to say that's like a year by year thing and well quite a lot of dota players seem to retire every year and then come back so it's i think it's quite difficult for anyone to predict yeah you just find yourself in lots of different situations in dota it's very it's very unpredictable in that sense Hmm. but you did you did step away for a little bit didn't you to be the ceo of eg for a year yeah but that wasn't totally um that wasn't like my favorite decision okay i guess you could say it was a decision i made right and like i don't regret the decision but I would have preferred a different outcome. Fair enough. So you, essentially, you just kind of wanted to go back to playing and it wasn't the right place for you at that time. Yeah, that's, that's kind of why I left. Also, I just saw like a big opportunity in playing again and it seemed like the right thing for me personally. It's a lot of fun being a celebrity video game player. <laughs> do you feel like a celebrity? I mean, I do when I go to events. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Not, I don't feel like a celebrity celebrity, right? I still feel pretty anonymous. Yeah. But have you ever been recognizable down the street? Yeah, in big cities, right? Where people play video games, where people work at tech offices. Like that's <laughs> where you get recognized. Right? Like San Francisco and Los Angeles and I get recognized in Stockholm, right? It just it just depends on where you're at and what you're doing. Do you find it surreal or do you like it? Is it because I, I mean, as I've worked as a comedian for very occasionally get recognized, although I was never famous enough to probably get recognized, but I always found it very awkward and very weird. Do you like, do you like that kind of element of people come up and talk to you? Do you like to feel that you have a fan base or do you kind of like to feel as a, as a separate person by yourself? No, I mean, it's, it's fine. If somebody does, it's, it's fine. I don't mind like the occasional human interaction. It's not the end of the world for me. <laughs> it's, but I also like I don't feel like you know I don't walk around thinking like somebody oh, that guy's looking at me does he know who I am <laughs> unless he's wearing a Dota backpack or you know some video game shirt right <laughs> if someone's looking at you you assume they're just looking at you yeah the same way I look at other people when I was reading about you a thing that always came up and I think it's quite an unfair 
depiction is kind of you as the salt king, someone who's always very outspoken, is always saying what they think. And when you actually look at the comments you've, you've made, they're all kind of pretty benign. Is you kind of going, oh, I think EU is quite strong this year. I think NA is quite strong. I think people are unfair when they talk about how you talk about the game. It's, it's fine. That's kind of, that's what, that's my meme. You know, you can't shake memes. That's what I'm known. It's like my nickname. So it's, uh, it's, in, it's stuck. But uh, my comments and stuff, like, I'm a pretty honest person. I'm pretty direct. I'm pretty straight to the point. I feel like I have a lot of good ideas. I feel like I can create a lot of good discussion that leads to the betterment of the game that I play and in the world that I live. So rather than just be quiet and let everybody else run my world, I try to run my own. Because I think a lot of Dota players, they, they keep too quiet. I think people have an over-big sense of drama within Dota. I mean, I don't think a lot of different people don't respect this for what it is. Like, lots of Dota players just think this is a competition, right? Where they just play Dota against each other. And for a lot of guys, that's all it is. But esports is much bigger than that. And I'm somebody that's aware of the business side of all of it. And I feel like I'm wasting my time by not engaging it. I'm wasting my potential i guess you could say yeah that makes sense do you think even if you do step away in a couple of years from being a player do you think you'll always be involved in dota if it keeps on going as an esport which i imagine it will i have no idea i like i have you know by like the success that i've had like money hasn't really been like a thought of mine so like if i i mean i really like working and i like business and i like doing things but who knows who knows like i i could just you know Maybe I could just take up surfing, go to the beach, call it a day. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's not really the dream, especially for people that like to work. Yeah, no, certainly. Um, great. I, I think we can probably cut the interview there. That's you've been really amazing. Thanks so much for coming on. Is there anything you'd like to plug or mention? Um, I would like to plug my NADCL league a little bit. Oh yeah, I, I meant to ask you more questions about it. Tell me a little bit more about so, that. So I'm just kind of like creating a tournament league. Right, I'm kind of like, I guess I'm becoming like a tournament organizer. I've never really ran a tournament before like this, so it's a, it's a pretty unique experience. I, I feel like it's a good opportunity for me to kind of like put my money where my mouth is and like back up the game that I, mm -hmm. you know, that I love and that I, you know, that I work in. Is it a sense of growing and developing talent on helping the small scene grow up? Well, it, it is. I think that it's just important for Dota. And Dota is important to me, so I feel like we can all just lend a helping hand because I feel like this is a very community-driven game. So why, you know, why not we as a community? Why don't we engage directly with the game and make something for, make something, make something cool? So that's what yeah. I'm trying to do. It's it's, it's exciting. I think. Amateurs to semi-professionals, and hopefully, like, hopefully we can like bridge the gap and like create a place for. I don't know. The current like Dota system, only like the top twenty teams get any exposure throughout the year. So I'm trying to, you know, put some spaces where the twenty to forty guys can, you know, make it, it makes sense for them, so they can get some eyeballs. So that way, like their team works can sell sponsors, so they can get paid, yeah. and they can have a job, and they can play Dota for a living, and they can you know, work on developing into the world's next greatest player, instead of having to give it their all for one year, make zero dollars, and then have to go back to doing whatever they were doing before, because that's pretty much how it goes now for anybody that even like gets somewhat close to this top level it's exciting i think that's a really exciting idea um when's the first tournament open qualifiers start tomorrow oh wow okay how many teams have you got in the qualifying 
we had over 70 teams register wow for the tournament yeah it was the biggest north american dota event this year so i'm pretty excited about that should try and start one for the uk as well because there are zero english players in the dota yeah yeah we'll see we'll see for the, the eu dcl i don't know i don't know maybe someday <laughs> but right now i'm just I got, my, I got my hands full of just this one I'm sorry that I missed your party I wish I had a better excuse Like I had to trash the hotel lobby But I was busy thinking about Facts Tinker Doom I was busy dreaming about Storm Lion Tiny Thank you for listening to the Position 6 podcast and a huge thanks for PPD and appearing on it. It was pretty much the best first guest I could have asked for and is a delight to talk to and I hope you enjoyed listening to him as much as I enjoyed talking to him. I'm planning on releasing new episodes pretty much every week and next week's guest is Insania who is a new captain of Alliance. I'm excited to be talking to him because I've long been a fan of the organisation and this new team is showing some serious promise. They've already qualified for the Kuala Lumpur Major and they just won Reshuffle Madness. So I think there's a really exciting thing coming out of that place. I've got some exciting guests after that who I'm yet to 100% confirm, so I can't announce them yet, but I'd love to book a few more. So if you're a professional player or a manager of a team, get in touch. I'd really like to speak to you. I appear on another podcast called Faking Lit, which you can find on all good podcast platforms. It's a silly improv podcast in which we play characters and discuss books we've not read. It's a lot of fun, and we've just started a Harry Potter series. In the first episode, I uh, do a terrible impression of Orson Welles, which is, uh, I think it's pretty funny, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Uh, it's pretty easy to find on Google or through my Twitter. Speaking of which, you can find me on Twitter at Daniel Offen, and it'd be a great help if you could follow me and subscribe to this podcast and just tell anyone else who might be interested in listening to it. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>